The information presented in this podcast is not intended for the treatment or prevention of disease or any medical condition, nor is a substitute for medical advice. The information contained here in this podcast reflects only the opinion of the author and presenter and is in no way considered required practice. Welcome to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connects your brain to your brawn. Today is the 10th, if you can believe it, of February 2018. Um, stand up, take a deep breath through your nose, out through your mouth, and repeat. I am a winner. I am a champion. I am unstoppable. Why? Because when you talk to yourself in that way, in that tone, that's what your subconscious mind is gathering up. And if you've been listening to my shows, you know we are... Um, getting into this more and more because I'm rewiring my brain right now. And I'm doing a lot of it with training, um, which I've gotten into just a little bit. Um, it's getting to the point now I know what I've got to do. I don't even think anymore when I get under a bar, over a bar, or something above my head. But we're going to do more and more of that as we get down the road. Also, too, go out to uh, FiorelloBarbellCo.com, Winners and Champions, Inc., that program is just unbelievable. It's 15 years of what I've done out here in my backyard in the gym. Um, if you if you want to learn, if you haven't done them, uh, high shrugs, dips, proper way to do pullovers, uh, stone training, sandbag training, on and on and on. All the dead start uh, rack work I do, plus the philosophy behind here. It's not much video. It's a way to learn how to think, take action, and get results. Please look at that. See if there's something you'd like to get into. It'd be some great stuff to start learning. Also, to go out to our Prosperity Conscious page on FiorelloBarbellCo.com. That talks all about donation-wise here, how we've changed from, you know, it's it, before, you know, obviously you need money to run here besides whatever else is coming from the outside. But I change it to Prosperity Consciousness because if you go out and study the formula of intention and how you think... Um, I'm a guy that's a giver, 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 and that's all I've done, and I've asked very little in return. Life doesn't work that way. If you're giving, you need to receive. So anything you'd like to lend to the company, both of them, you go out there. It'll take you right to my PayPal account, and you can read all the stuff what's going on. I thank you in advance. Also, go out to MotivationMuscle.com slash category slash podcast. we got our pal Mark Haydock coming in here momentarily. Mark has done one show with me. This will be the second one, and we hope he'll do at least 30 more years with us because if you've been listening to our shows, we had Martin Janzix on here yesterday. It was probably the longest show I've ever done. We were on for two hours on the radio, and we probably could have gone five hours, but vocally that would torch my voice because of so many we had. That will be up tomorrow. Today, uh, Ken Nowicki show will be up, which was if you love entrepreneurship, wait till you hear this one. Um, and then you think of the other shows. I mean, Dr. Wong the other day. And and Ryan Stewart. And it just goes on and on and on. And I don't care who's out there. I hear this one, that one, how great they are. You're, they're not my competition. We do things totally different here. And you look at what we give you for free. 
I mean, we literally have books of information out there. That book, I did that show with Bill Crawford a week ago today. He gave one of the exercises that Drunus Savickas gave him for what he feels has created such pressing power, and he's got to be one of the biggest pressers ever in the history of anything. Um, stuff like that. The last show, all the bot, we called it a bicep course, basically. There's nobody putting stuff like that out there and not charging you for it. That's my point. So when I asked for prosperity consciousness, it'd be nice to get something because we give and we always will. Also, too, go out to motivationmuscle.com, uh, sign up for a free newsletter. Um, I just put one out the other day. It was killer. Um, also, too, don't forget about going out and subscribing to uh, the YouTube channel, Fiorella Barbell Company, Real Men, Real Strength, Real Power. Now, before I bring Mark in, I've been reading this uh, one passage in Milo, April 1996, Volume 4, Number 1. In about almost two months now, I did a, a singular show called Fortitude for Attitude, and I thanked Anthony Dottillo, John McKean, who I'm working with now big time with all the Power Rack stuff, and of course, um, um, Steve Jack, who I believe if I never saw that video in 94, I don't even know if I ever would have touched a stone, let alone go over to Iceland. But here we go. If a tree falls, if a tree falls in the forest, are you man enough to move it? By the end of the first week of medieval lit, I knew I was in trouble. Oh, I can handle the term papers and most of the old English. I was, however, having trouble relating to my classmates. We'd read legends of heroic knights and warriors, epic poetry and steadfast seafarers, and yet, when class dismissed, they'd prance to the sweet shop for coffee and cream puffs, while I, frothing at the mouth and battle-ready, would bolt to the nearest field to throw hammers and stones. Why? I was inspired. Inspiration is not a passive word. It is built on a Latin root for spiritus, from which we get great, from which we get spirit and literally means breath or inhale. Yogis and pearl divers aside, there's not a lot to be gained from holding one's breath. I believe it is equally futile to stockpile one's mental arsenal and never wage war. Now back to our tree. It seems to have fallen and blocked your path. Some will no doubt stand around quibbling as to whether it actually made a sound. How about you? In the picture below, Steve is um he's doing Steve Jack lifts one after the other, the two blue stones of old daily. Um I, I I'm not gonna get into the specifics, but um Steve Jack is not in good health. And um I'm not gonna get into that anymore. Uh, I've gone back and forth with him. Um, he's got some serious stuff going on. And um, everything I do from this point on, and long before I even announced this on the show, everything I'm doing, whether it's all the monster middies mashing in the back and getting ready for Iceland, and from this point on in my life, I dedicate everything I do, not only to Steve, my brother Jimmy, obviously, and on and on. But um, when he told me this, it floored me. So keep him in your prayers. Anybody that believes in God and pray, pray hard for Steve, believe me. He's in a he's in a rough position right now. And if he gives me permission to say what all this is, I know it's out on the Internet, but he hasn't told me, I will. But keep him in your heart and in your prayers. Um, and I think that's it. Oh, one other thing. If you listen to the show, right now I'm giving uh, a free consulting call. 
anything you want to talk about. If you have Skype, access to Skype, or you're locally in New York, we can work out the phone details, but I'd rather Skype. So you get a free half hour minimum with me, and we can talk about what you'd like to do. Now, with that in mind, I'm going to bring Mark in. Let me give you a little information on this gentleman. Number one, he's a strength competitor, strong man, stone lifter, power lifter, and former rugby player. And if you are involved with Mark on Facebook... You'll see some pretty amazing things he's doing with the Denny Stones. And we're going to do a little update on that. But we're going to get into this because this is so true not only in your life but in training. And we know this. And it's going to be called Life is Measured in Inches. Mark, Happy New Year. Welcome back to the show, brother. It's always an honor to have you on. Yeah, Happy New Year, Eric. Thank you. and goals to achieve. Yes, sir. Um, um, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm just saying it's uh, it's a pleasure to be back on. Uh, hopefully we can keep doing these and uh, discuss all this crazy stuff we do. I, I love it, and I plan, I mean, like I said yesterday, Mar- I've never gone that long. My voice is very raspy today because it's been a very busy week on the show, and next week's going to start off with Kara Shaw, so we're coming in with another bang right away like that. Um but if, if there's anything that I missed, a website or anything like that, but if not, let's get caught up, especially with you're going to walk the Denny Stones. You want to break Donald Denny's record, obviously, or at least tie up. And it's very interesting, and you had a major injury. You overcame that, and anybody that's out there should check you out on Facebook or friend you. So take it away, my friend. Yeah, we're um, we're still pushing on the Denny's. Um I've had a rough couple of weeks, uh, aggravated a bit of sciatica, believe it or not, in the workshop, working on the lathe for two days straight. Yep, yep. You know, stooping, and that, that seemed to aggravate that. Um, that was agony for a few days, but, um, yeah, you've got to move on. That was literally two weeks ago this weekend. So, uh, last weekend we had a grip event, um, which the week before was like, this isn't going to be possible, but you've got to keep believing and pushing. Yep. Um, I, I got a couple of records. More importantly, I got the record that I was really after, which was um, it's a pair of two-inch vertical boys. I saw that. Like, you know, like pinless, vertical uh-huh. pins. And um, I had the record in my division at 210.5 kg. Yep. And the all-time record was held by... My friend in Finland, Timo Lautimus. I don't know if guys on end have heard of Timo. They probably have. And he had 211. Wow. And half a kilo is just too much to bear, really. Yep. <laughs> anyway, um, I got 213 and then I got 218. So, mission accomplished. Hell yeah. Congrats on that, man. Woo! That's a grip. Oh, I've told Timo, he, he's took it on the chin, and I have no doubt he's coming back for it. So <laughs> That's the fun of it, man, that nice, yeah. friendly competition, you know? And look, look, I mean, you and I talked on your introduction show, and maybe we'll even hit that again, not only about the grip and the deadlift and everything, but, you know, 
life, you know, life is measured in inches, and we know that just from, you know, all right, it might be a kilo here and there, but I still call that like inches because yeah. that one little kilo enabled you enabled you to win. And what what does life mean to you? You know, when I say it's measured in inches, how do you interpret that phrase, my friend? Yeah, well, you see, it, it's like anything. If you set a goal. This goal could be five years or ten years achievable. Yep. So you, you, you're not going to make that goal in a short. You've, you've got to chip away and chip away and chip away. And that's that's where you're literally clawing away every every kilo, every inch. You know, it might yeah. be a range of movement, might be a distance. Um, I mean, the dinny walking. I'm uh, what I'm doing at the minute. I've started with a sub max weight. Yep. Over and hitting the distance. Because the way I view it in my like training approach, the the weight is tough, but you've got to get your body in condition to yeah. get the grip to hold for that length of time, and the lungs have got to hold out while you're trying to move. Yep. And you've got to practice these short steps over this massive distance. Yeah, um, I'll tell you that's the way I've always approach approached the Husafel Stone too. Yeah. Um, and I'm doing that again, obviously, but we've had some screaming treacherous weather out here, so any type of walking is going to be through snow. It's not going to be on a driveway, even though it's clean. It's slippery as hell in spots, and you know you fall with that, you could kill yourself. Uh, yeah, literally. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, it's very interesting when you talk about the steps because I'm of the same thing. You know. Been over there, talked to uh, the top guys, you know, Bill Crawford, he's the guy, Husafel, in my opinion. Um, you know, we've talked about longer steps, shorter steps, you know, you know, le- you know, there's people with long legs that can do this, shorter legs, this, but what I have found with the Husafel, I like taking very short, choppy, fast steps as opposed yeah. to longer ones. And I'll tell you why. It, it just seems to give a better connection to my brain, foot to brain. But it's very interesting the way I approach a lot of stuff, and I've talked about it. Um, I have three, uh, I had four stones we built. I gave one to Steve Helmicki, who helped me out with some stuff one time. He wanted one. I said, you can have it for what you did. So I can do things in multiple directions. I can run multiple stones at multiple ranges, heavy, medium, light. Uh, what I do is I run 55-gallon barrels. So say I start, I don't know, let's say I start with a 250 stone. I'm going to walk it 45 feet. Um, I'm going to pick up th- a three and a quarter, walk it 25 feet, and take the last revolution at 400 pounds and say it's 12 feet. And start the whole process up and down like that. And they'll say, well, you're not cleaning it off the ground. I said, it depends what I'm going to do for that day. This is a thing, Mark, that I don't understand with a lot of people. And you know this from the deadlifting and pulling one-armed and front squatting, rear squatting, overhead, whatever. It puts an awful lot of pressure on that lower back all the time. And my, my whole thing with this is this. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll pull it up lower, but I'm not going to take it off the ground because right now that's not imperative to me. I know I can pull it off the ground, but I'm yeah. doing so many things. So what I like to do is pull it, say, maybe um, mid-range. Then 
what I do is, and it's it's just as hard because you got to be able to control that big heavy stone on a barrel. Is I'll walk it, put it on the barrel, go and grab the next stone, go to the next barrel. Why do I do that? Well, it is kind of set up more for me, but I got news for you. It's still high up on the chest. You got to grab this thing correctly and and position it because if you don't, this thing has a tendency like to bounce off your forehead. You really don't want that to happen here. So when we're talking steps, inches, that's how I approach the Husafel stone because I just feel when, when I get over there, this will all come together and I'll go around that 50 meters. Um, take it away. Comment on anything like that. And we'll yeah. just we'll keep rolling. Well, what I would say in agreement with what you're saying is, um, coming back to the pickle, yep. you can you can pick the stone up. You don't need to train that part of it. Right. Like you say, you're just jeopardizing your lower back. Yep. If the challenge is to hit 50 feet, you've got to focus your training on the, the walks. Yep. So it makes sense to just have a high pickup and drill walking, drill walking, drill walking. And um, it's a bit like these dinnies. The weight, with all respect to people that have tried and failed and all the rest of it, the weight is absolutely nothing. Yeah. For me, the challenge is the walk. Yeah. So at the minute, I'm not worried about going, well, when I'm doing the warps, I'm doing sub-maxes for distance. Um Three weeks ago, I got uh, 270-odd kilos for 80, over the distance, about 18, 19 feet. Wow. So we're within 50, 60 kilos now of the, of the weight, and we're going over distance, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the idea of the short steps is a bit like with your Husafel. If you t- if you take a big stride, you're jeopardizing your balance. Yep. The, the center of gravity of what you're trying to carry and, and you really, you're putting yourself in a real tricky spot. So if you do short steps, you're keeping that mass in, in the center of gravity, which is where you want it. And when something's up on your chest, if you lunge forward with a big stride, the back legs take it all the weight for a much longer period of time. And then you've got to use all those, like, twisting hip muscles to step through. Yep. Now, if you do a short step, you're in a permanently in a, you know, as near to upright as you can get for the whole walk, aren't you? You're just staying in a nice strong position. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and you know, and you know what the interesting thing is too, and I'll give it right back to you. For anybody that's never gone over there and done that, um, that is not, uh, smooth black top cement ground. That is up, down, all around. You're on shale. And I was telling Martin yesterday, because Martin wants to go for his 40th birthday next year, but maybe I can twist his arm and meet him there this year, too. Um, there's pieces when I was there the last time. You know, ground shifts, things move. It's been there for a couple hundred years when yeah. Sonori built it. There are pieces, like, coming out from the pen, um, and that's something you got to be very cognizant of because if you get too close to that pen, because it's very hard, you're not going to really see over that stone to look down and around you. You hit one of those stones and you trip, you could lose your life, literally. So, you know, when we talk about the short steps, all the rehearsing, the mid-range weights, knowing your environment, it is absolutely paramount to have that success. Go ahead, Mark. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I want to, well, I thought of that. Yeah, no, you're fine. Um, yeah, and you see, the other thing with the dinnies that I'm drilling at the minute is 
having having had a go at walking them a few times, more of a more messing about really. Um, the big stone, which I tend to carry in my right hand, yep, because of the weight of the stone and the way it's balanced, it's off balance really. You've got to almost fight to keep your hand parallel to your thigh. Yeah. Because as you set off walking, all that wants to happen, the weight of the stone and its and its unbalanced nature, it wants to turn your hand perpendicular to your thigh. Yep. Now, when that happens, it brings the big stone across the front of your shin. Yep. Which stops you being able to walk. Yeah. Because yep. you're trying to walk with a 28-stone man sat on your shin, and it's just... So, again, when I'm training now on these uh, sub-max weights... I'm doing them so slowly to keep the grip taxed and make it a longer event. But I'm also conscious of keep turning that hand out because I've got to keep imagining. See, on the on the training rings, it doesn't matter. My hand can rotate 90 degrees and they're just discs, so nothing changes. But if you rotate your hand 90 degrees with the stone, yeah. it's across the front of your leg and you're in trouble. Yeah. And um, Again, that's why I'm doing short steps and the focus is on keeping the hands out. I've got I've got a couple of friends that will come training sometimes, and they'll pick a similar weight up and they just run it like a farmer's walk. Yeah, exactly. That's and what and I'm say. like, yeah, you know, they're trying to like almost like beat you. You know, oh, I've done a better job. No, okay, they don't know what I, I'm training it in right. my particular way for a reason. You know, right. Anyway, you know, um, so, go, uh, um, you know, it's interesting too. Now, I want to ask you because I know we talked a little bit about especially with the trap bar. Um, you know, the famed Norm Shemansky, obviously probably one of the best U.S. Olympic lifters ever, especially with the devastating back injury he had and all that and came back at a much older age to win, win, win. And, you know, I'll never forget because we repeated a lot here. Someone came up to him and said, how do you become a better presser? And he, he looked at him. And he said, press, yeah. press, okay? Yeah. Now, that's why I want to ask you. And I want to get into this a little bit because we know with everything we like to do, you better have a, a grip that basically could uh, wrap itself around a tree and snap it right in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. With the dinny rings, with the practice and the walking and all that, I, this one, and I know you're probably going to tell me other things, but literally the dinny rings itself as a grip, movement on its own and not even carrying them because i know that we want to mimic everything we're going to do when we actually go there and grab the actual stones and the rings are the rings you feel the most uh, as far as necessity to get your grip to do that movement or anything for that matter is it the rings, or or is it or is it a combination of that big heavy trap bar or whatever else? What is your feeling to get this goal? And then I, I got another great question after that. Well, I, I, I see. I, I break it down into you have three phases really. Okay. Um, if I'm doing a lighter weighted walk, which would be say up to say two fifty kilos on the rings, I'll I'll try and do that with um an open grip, no hook or anything. Okay. So you imagine you're holding the rings, no hook, and then you're trying to get, say, 18 feet. It's a, fair, it's a fair test on your grip. Yep. So I think that's that's good because then you're not overdoing the thumb work because it does take a bit of a battering on the hook. Yep. And you're also building the finger strength without relying on the hook. 
Um, the trap bar I never hook. Oh, you never, really, you never hook it. Okay, all right. Not on the trap bar, but obviously, if I'm on high partials, yeah, yeah. Um, I've done four fifty kilo barehanded. That's insane, man. Now let me let me let me ask you some. No insult either. Um, do you use straps at all to pull? No. Wow. Uh, I have a, I have a pair of straps. Yep. And I, I've used them. I actually used them a few months back, and it's the first time I've used them. Oh, probably in about fifteen years. Oh. Because I just God. never use them. They're just literally there. And the story was. It was only uh, about three or four weeks after having the boot off with the Achilles. So yeah, yep. I've been, I've been training trap bar with the Achilles boot on anyway. Yep. Lockout. Yep. And um, well, I'd got this boot off. It had been off for a couple of weeks. I thought we need to just test things. So from about 20 inches, the handles, I did 400 kilo for five reps, no belt, nothing. Whoa. Then I jumped to 450. And as I pulled it, I ripped a bit of a chunk out of the palm. Of your hand, yeah. Yeah, the trap bar is very sharp, the one I've got. Yep, yep. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. So in order to carry on, I said, like, I'm going to put the straps on. But if we put the straps on, we've got to go heavier, haven't we? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, if we're going to wear straps, we've got to make it harder. So, so I put 500 on. Unbelievable. And, and strapped up and lifted it. It's, it's on. I think it's on my Instagram account. The lift. It shows the lift with five hundred. If you can, uh, if you get a chance and you think of it, can you throw that on etched in stone? Yeah, I'll try and dig it out. And okay, it up, I'd yeah. love it. It'd be now. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this because I know I'll probably get questions when you're pulling that from the top. How high? I mean, I don't care. To me, it's an incredible lift. How how much how much are you moving in inch two inches? What are you doing the, when you're doing? Yeah, the five hundred was probably only about maybe three inches, four inches of travel. Not a lot. That's a lot, is, man. <laughs> as, as the weight goes up, yep, it kind of stretches you. You end up pulling shorter distances, even though you've not adjusted the stands. Yep. Every time you put another fifty kilo or a hundred kilo on, you end up. If you look at the video, you think that's nowhere near as high as the last one, but it's just pulling you. Sure. And sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was only with a belt. That five hundred, no knee supports, nothing. That's unbelievable. Um, yeah. What a grip. Body weight, body weight was about one hundred and seven, one hundred and six kilo. Jeez. And you know the nice thing about that, Mark. I mean, you're not a three hundred and fifty pound guy, and look at what you're pulling. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing stuff. Well, all right, so we're talking trap bar. We're talking the rings without doing any type of hook grip. What else do you like? What Look, it, obviously, you've got to have a mammoth grip to be able to do that, especially you used one set with a set of straps, but you never use them. Um, do you feel, what, what else do you feel, if someone's coming in, let's just say, and they want to go lift any of the famous stones, it could be anything, because Martin was talking about yesterday, which I love, you know, he's talking different grip and all this, and how he wants to press the inverse stone overhead this year. All right, so you know damn well, besides having shoulder power, which is unbelievable, you better be able to hold that thing, because if that comes down and hits you, that could be yeah. the end of you. What, what do you like? What, what else? What do you, what do you feel is pertinent to stone lifting, to Diddy rings, to inverse, to Lucifer? Is there any one movement that you feel has the most bang for the buck with the fingers and the hands and things of that nature? Uh, I, I probably would if I was if someone said you can only train one lift yeah. for lifting dinnies and stones. 
I would probably go on trap bar all the time. I agree with you. I'll tell you what, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. You basically, you're literally using every muscle you've got. From yep. literally your, squats are great, but squats don't require crazy grip. Yeah. Um, but you get on these trap bars, no straps. You're using literally everything from your fingers, your forearms, your shoulders, your upper back, your mid back, the whole lot, your legs, even down to your ankles. Everything's under pressure. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, other than that, squats. I love squats. I, I just, yeah. You can't. Squats and deads just do everything. Oh, you're I mean, not, par, yeah. Partial squats. I do. I'll do like a full workout and then chuck in a few partials. Yep. And again, I'll go up into the high fours. Yep. Yep. You know. And for anybody, I once I, I once uh, stood up with five hundred with only a belt on. That was quite scary because I actually never stopped moving. Wow. Wow. Weight was that heavy? You can barely control the weight, and yeah. if you imagine doing like a hula hoop dance with your hips, yeah, yeah, the, the weight—it was ridiculous. But anyway, well, I don't know about you. That's why when I was doing stuff like that, and I'm doing so much difference with the mid-range stuff, that's why I went out. I bought—I think I've got the first prototype Buffalo bar from Iron Mine, and that yeah. and that has no knurling or anything, not like the other stuff. And I think mine is thicker. And the reason why I did that, even though I was using York bars, Alico bars, whatever, uh, you get this. And for anybody that's never done stuff like this, you get a massive body whip when you do this stuff. Um, yeah. And another thing, too, people that got bad shoulders, you're not going to get your arms back to hold something like that. I mean, that that's why you see a lot of these people do, um, what's the name of that bar? Um, you know where it's out in front of you, I'm oh, trying um, the safety squat thing. I, I, I'll tell you what, Mark. I don't like that bar at all, and I'll tell you why. No, maybe And maybe it's me. Right. Well, did you ever feel, um, I don't know what upper vertebrae it would be. It's right up at your neck. What I found with them is when I start getting up, even into the fours with it, I have this incredible pressure on that part of my neck. I stopped doing them because I was afraid I, I could hurt my neck or you break something. You know, you don't want to mess around when it comes to your neck. As my chiropractor used to say, break the neck, lose your life. You know, you have no more nerve transmission. So I stopped using that safety squat bar. Um, I don't use it at all. It sits in the corner. Um, I'm not real sold on those at all. I like either a good straight bar, but normally my bar of choice is going to be the Buffalo because I don't get the whip. I like a thicker bar. It's obviously a heavier bar, and it's long, so I can really get under there and stretch my shoulders out rather than being so being so confined and and just you know what I mean. Like it, it I like being compact, but not being uncomfortable. Another thing yeah. I want another thing I want to tell you, which I don't know if you've ever messed with it, and you know, you talk about inches. You know, we talk about a partial. We talk about a partial deadlift in the hold and all that. You know, I'm doing these mid-range movements in the rack from a dead start, and these are the by hardest things I've ever done in my life because you have no leverage at all, and your weights have to drop down substantially. But now I'm starting to come back a little more, a little more. And what I've been doing, especially when I do the phase of shoulder work. Now, for instance... I could be doing them uh, second pin from the top with another set of rods or crossing a set of bands. And basically, I have two rounds to push as much as I can after a warm-up. I push through the bands or whatever, hold it, bang, it's done. 
And then from there, I uh, usually do stuff where you can you can barely move it. You'd be going from your belly button to just the bottom, well, right to your like the breastbone on you, and you'd have to do a high pull with it. And think about this: these are all isometric holds. And then the yeah. one, and then the one I started doing the other day was what we talked about with Bill. Where Zadruna said that he felt this was the movement that really made his pressing. And it, it's an old movement. It's an old school movement where you sit on your butt in a power rack. You have the bar just above your shoulders because when you start it at that deficit, you don't want to have your elbows way low or you're going to get a shoulder injury. Um, this thing on the rods pushing it is like unreal. It's like, uh, I couldn't even move a hundred pounds with it and I can move some big weight overhead. This thing I can't wait to explore. So I'm doing three of these big movements. Now, what I've been doing in between them, years ago we built, I love dips. We built a set of four by four dip bars that are lagged right into my garage wall. You can't move these things, all right? But what I, but what I did, Mark, was this. I don't know about you. I'm not a real big fan of getting up high to to um, dip, especially when you got a lot of weight around your waist. If you slip, you you tore your arm right off you. What yeah. I did is this thing is set where I can literally step into it. It's at a low enough height where all I got to do is put the palms in my hands and wrap them around those four by fours. So not only are you dipping heavy, but you're getting a grip experience like you've never felt. What I've been doing is I've been doing just one hold between each set of each movement. I'm telling you right now, I don't know what's going on, but I am having phenomenal results with this. So once yeah. again, when we talk about movement of inches, you know, all I do is is after a press, go in there and just hold myself for maybe a count of 10. That's it, and do it. But I just want yeah. to mention that uh, and to all the listeners because little things <clears throat> like that, what I think it does really, I think it resets my body. I really do. So when I go back in, I'm ready to fire on all 105 cylinders, and away we go. But go ahead, take it away. Comment on anything. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think last time we spoke, I mentioned this that because um, I do most of my training on my own. Um, yep. I do a, I do a lot of what I call supersets. Okay. I can get through more work. Good for conditioning. It stops you being bored in between sets. And uh, I just mix and match all kinds of things. So I literally might do front squats. Yep. I could be going. I could be going up in say doubles or singles on front squats. And uh, every time I do a set of front squats, I then go straight over to a chinning bar. Yep. Stick say twenty kilo on the belt. Do a narrow grip pull up and hold it at the top for like five seconds. Yep. And then just negative out full stretch. Rest a minute, go on it another squat single, straight back on. And like you say, you, you just I think I think you get the carryover for all this odd stone lifting and because you you've almost got to be able to fire muscles when they're tired and like tire another muscle out and then expect this muscle to work at a max. Yep. Because nothing ever goes to plan. No. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I did. I put a little video on my uh, Instagram the other week, and I did. I think it was ninety kilos on a two-inch axle. Oof! I pressed that for five reps. Yep. Then, then I did a strict curl with sixty kilo on another two-inch axle, mm-hmm. and then I picked up dinnies that were weighing something stupid like four hundred and ten kilos. Unbelievable. So what I'm saying is, if I can pick. 
pick like 80 kilos over dinny weight when you've just done five reps overhead, five reps of curls, you know, you're puffing a little bit and then you just come over the dinnies and pick them up. You think, well, when you get up there and they weigh 330 and you stretch, it's game over, you know. And it's good for your psychology as well because you just believe, you say to yourself, I can do this, tired. I can do more weight, tired. Yep. Yep. But even if you go up there and you've got a bit of a cold or it's raining and you've not... Doesn't matter because you've made them feel light. You've, yeah. you've almost tricked your mind, haven't you? Now you imagine a guy who just specifies on dinnies, and he works up to say three ten or three twenty, and it's a bit touch and go. He's going up there with doubts. Yep. Because he's going to think I've still not quite done the dinny weight, and now everything was perfect in the gym when I did it. And, I mean, you go up there, you're on gravel, so you know, and, you know, you know. I mean, I trade in a shed that's. It's warmer outside than it is in my yeah, yeah, I, I know the feeling. Yep. It, 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 the roof drips on me when I'm benching and stuff. But you, you just got to get on with it, haven't you? Life's tough. And um, like, I, I, it's, I, it's the old phrase that you train hard and you win easy. Oh, yeah. That's the, you, know, you go to a competition and you think, I've done this. Yep. And the chips are down. And now I've had a few days rest. You know, I'm ready to go. And this is going to be – it's just like an exhibition of strength today because I'm ready and – you know, you've done you've done all the training, haven't you? You know you can do it, and self belief is such a big thing in lifting. Uh, and that's such a big thing. If you, I mean, when you go for a big lift, yeah, if you have doubts on a big lift. It's the doubt that will ruin the lift. Absolutely. So if you have belief on a big lift, if you make a good job of the lift, you will lift. You'll get it because you built. You you're ready, and you're telling yourself you're ready, and it's like a. It's like the psychokinetic effect. Yeah. You know, when you get when you get the, the ten stone housewife who picks a car up off her husband because it's collapsed on the jack. Yep. And then the day after they ask her to do it again and she can't. Exactly. But when she needed to do it and she believed she could do it, she had to do it, she did it, you know. And well, um, you've almost got to kind of create that state. I agree. Of belief and uh, you know, and channel it, really. Well, that's why I was going to ask you about the mental thing, because um, as I was talking about with those mashing middies in the rack, to have to cut your weights down, you can have no ego with this, to have very yeah. little leverage. And see, what I'm banking on here, Mark, and as I get into it and start filming it and people see what I'm doing here, um, I- I'm taking the shot where I feel this is going to make me a better stone lifter than ever. I have set this up in myself mentally. It's like almost um, taking your training and, and, and stripping it down to your bare skin and building now that thickness all through your body again and your mind. And I was telling a number of people, even offline, that you and I both know the confidence you've got to bear with everything you do. And I don't care who you are. You get, you know, when I'm on a plane going to Iceland knowing the stakes are real high, a lot of times you can get a little bit apprehensive. I mean, if you don't have a little bit of nervousness in you, you are dead. But there's a difference between nervousness and lacking confidence. And what I found with this route I've gone, especially I'm like you, I train alone uh, the majority of the time, and it is brutal here. Um, whether it's 20 below, I'm out in a snowstorm, got a little heat rolling it's just 45 degrees in that uh garage why because I, i've stuck to the bar a number of times i don't want to do that all right i that you know 
It's great. Everybody likes to talk about it and stuff, but you know what? It's not good when it's tearing skin off you. See, the, the idea here is, folks, when you lift like this, it's great to go out and say, you know, I, you know, I've had tears. I talked about the time I wanted to be an Icelander that day, and it was like minus 10. There I'm out with no shirt on, carrying stones and not realizing I sweat. So guess what? The stone was frozen to my chest. I couldn't get it off. I couldn't walk in my house, so what's the next thing you do? you got to be man up and tear it off. I mean, yeah. I still got a slight scar there from it. but I, And I'm not telling people to do that because that's not what it's about. What it's about is I found with these middies is I don't have to think a lot now when I go in, and I was saying that in the beginning, to get under a bar, over a bar, or have it overhead. What it's developed is this 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 quiet, silent consciousness within me and what I'm thinking about and what's revolving in me. And I don't even have to call on this confidence anymore. It's like now ingrained in me fully through doing this because the way I look at everything now is – with the middies, if there is a miss, I know I'll get it the next time. And that's always been the case. And I've talked about, you know, the three people that have been very influential in my life. I'll, I've talked about this a little bit. I'll, I'll admit it to everybody. I'm out there training. I'm talking to those three guys. They're not there. People probably would think I'm absolutely out of my mind if they ever walked up and heard me talking. If you could hear me over the music playing. Um... But that's the way it is. I call upon them for their strength, too. So what I've done is I've taken some of my beliefs, some of my rewiring of my brain, and have brought it into my training so much now that i got to tell you, I'm having success after success after yeah. success. Go ahead. Take mm-hmm. it. You know, this, this, you, know what, you know what it is, Mark? I understand the whole thing with lifting heavy. I love doing it. Don't get me wrong. I love the whole thing with... Um, big goals, you know, whether you're going to Scotland, whether you're going to uh, Iceland or Wales or go over to see our pal Stevie Shanks. But And I understand all that stuff. But the thing is, if you're broken mentally and you can't put your stuff together, you can't take and build one layer on top of one layer and have success after success, you know, what is it going to be like? I said this the other day. I said it to Martin yesterday, you know. You'll get on that plane and you'll be halfway there and you're like, I, I hope I did enough grip work. Well, you know what, guys? It's too late at that point. You're going to find out. When you're right. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. Take it. Take it. Um, yeah, I mean, it mirrors really what you just said. Um, the, when I, whenever I do anything, whether it's a, an actual competition or, you know, we go up to the dinnies, just when I'm out there, you know, on my own training. Yep. The, the only person that can stop the lift is me. Yeah. There is nothing and nobody that can actually stop that lift. It's psychological, you know what I mean? There could be a guy, I could be up at the dinnies and there could be a guy there who's seven foot tall and 400 pounds. Yep. He can't make me weak. Nope. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe he's going to go and pick him up in a minute, and I don't, but I, just, I don't care what he's going to do. The point, the point is, he cannot make me weak. Exactly. Unless I look at him and feel intimidated and then doubt myself. But that guy stood there cannot make me weak. Hey, um, you, know, you know what? He might see you. you just isolate your, your mind. Yeah, and say, yeah. I'm yeah. ready. And, yep. and sometimes you might go up and there'll be a few people who've gone up and they're all lifting and failing. 
Yeah. And again, it's the same thing the opposite way. A guy goes up and he can't lift him. And another guy goes up and he picks the light one up and the big one doesn't move. And another guy goes up and his hands slip off. Doesn't matter. Because, again, that doesn't mean the storms have suddenly got heavier. No. You, you, like, you have to watch that and go, oh, my God, they're heavy. You know, they're going to be heavy. They, of course they're going to be heavy, but I'm going to pick them up. Yeah. What, and, um, you know what it's... You isolate yourself from everybody. No, I totally agree. going on around you, you know. Well, I agree totally. It's like you got to have tunnel vision, as they call it. <laughs> That's what it is. You have to have tunnel. And, you know, speaking of the 400-pound guy, he sees you, and he might get intimidated because... Yeah. You know, you know what it is now? It's this. Strength comes in all sizes. We've seen a lot of big guys. Maybe they do all right for a little while, and then they just disappear. And a lot of that is not only... Probably not having a, a really strong belief in yourself, but you know what? You've seen it, I'm sure. I see it a lot. There's just, as my dad used to call them, they're called flash in the pans. It's like yeah. they come in quick and they leave quicker. You know, and that, and, and you know, that's the thing. The thing about with with the inches here, it's like this. I say this to myself all the time. Would you like to be around doing this for the rest of your life? Now, mind you, we get older. Maybe we're not pulling as much as we used to, but we are still very relevant and very strong at any age. Or, and that's measured by inches. You know, every year, every day, every that's inches in your life. Okay. Or, do you want to be somebody that's supposedly a big household name, and then five years down the road, it's like. Whatever happened to that guy? Yeah, you know, I don't even go in the gym. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Hey, have you ever met these guys? You probably did. I'm sure you do now. I've met guys that I started out training with, whether I liked them or not. And you meet up with them because you just remember who they are facially. But they yeah. do. They are whether they were enhanced or not. You look at them, and I swear on my soul, it looks like they never lifted a weight in their life. And yeah. if you if yeah. you if you meet up with them too. You know, usually a lot of these guys aren't real friendly, okay? But suddenly, yeah, yeah. But, but suddenly now they want to be friends with you and talk to you, and I just kind of laugh because I'm like, you know, I remember when I was a younger kid what an asshole you were to everybody. And now look, <laughs> and now look at you, I'm still doing it, I'm still breaking records, and you look like you never even touched away. And I don't say that to people because that's not going to get me ahead anywhere, but I have to, you know, you got to laugh a little bit about it because a lot of times, you know, you never know what could happen and how you treat people. And is it that hard to walk up to a kid and say, hey, you're doing this, I don't think you're doing it the right way. Let me show you how to do it. Instead, of, I was making a reference the other day about this one hardcore place I used to go to and how I yanked a bar off this kid. He couldn't have been 125 soaking wet. There he is, 140 on an incline. I knew that thing was going to come down and crash through him. If, yeah. if he, And there's the guys, the, the big shots up in the front laughing at him. And I just looked at him. I was like, you know, someone ought to cut your fucking head off, man. You know, that yeah. that is the wrong thing to do. So I'll tell you this, Mark, and then I'll give it to you and give out everything summarized because I know we're near time. Um, I, I will tell you this. This is why I love training at home. 
All right, because the stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, the stuff and the stuff I do, they they were getting mad at us in this one gym when we were bringing our thick bars and stuff in. It's not. It's not. Uh, uh, not unless it's something I got or you got. It's not set up for people like us that want to do this stuff. A gym would pretty much frown on you, you know, unless you're going to Andrew Carney's place. But that's it. Yeah, yeah. You know. But look, t- uh, summarize anything. Give out all your information. I'll give mine, and uh, we'll uh, get ready for next month, please. Yeah, I mean. I'll just summarise by when we were just we were just going on about the big guys and the small guys, and um, it, it's like the old saying: it's it's not the the size of the dog in the fight; it's the size size of the fight in the dog. Yep. And you get small guys and they're just little ferocious, you know, and you get yep. these big guys who have no fire in the belly. Nope. It, it's a bit like if you if, if anybody watches the, the like the American wrestling, if you take Rowdy Roddy Piper, he, yeah. he's nowhere near as big as most of them guys. Right. But, he was like fearless. He was crazy. You know, he'd go against anyone. Yep. And uh, that's so hard to beat. If you if you come get come up against somebody like that, you know, the, the mental toughness. It doesn't matter how big you are. I mean, I, I've beaten loads of guys that are bigger than me, and you know, the the juice stuff and all. That. But you don't worry about it. You just do your own thing, don't you? And yeah. You rely on yourself. You do your best, and uh, you know, come out the other side. But um. Yeah, we're just we're still pushing. That's it. Just keep going. Well, that's the thing, and I'll tell you one thing: what you do is very inspiring to me and a lot of people because, um, you know, we we all we all like to look at other people and see what they're doing, and maybe hey, I saw something Mark was doing. Now I'm going to go after it, or you know, I'm going to make a contact with him and say, hey, I was I listened to you on motivation, or I've seen you on Facebook or Instagram. I'm very interested, and and that's one of the nice things we do for people here. Yeah. Um, Mark, is there anything else, brother? Yeah, if I could just add, um, <clears throat> I mean. I, my my gym is like it's a home gym and it's like open shop. Any anybody's welcome. Any, well, certainly anybody anywhere in the world can come. But logistically, anyone in the UK, yep. If anybody wants to contact me and come over and train, I've got the dinnies, I've got the trap bar, the power rack with a rack of dumbbells, with thick dumbbells, thick bars, whatever they want. We have a lot of stones out back. Anybody's welcome. Just message me. They can either message me on Facebook or if they go on Instagram, uh, my Instagram name is Hey Mark. You know, please get in touch. Just message me. Uh, you're welcome. There's no gym fees. Just turn up and we just lift. You know, gotta love uh, it. That's like an open invite to anybody, really. If anyone's up for it, that's a pretty nice thing, man. To come and be able to come out. I wish I was close to you. Yeah, but you'd love it. Oh, you'd love it. Oh, I know. I you I'd probably be sleeping in your gym. (laughs) That's what I do. Hey, hey, if you're ever over in the UK, drop in. You know. Oh, I'll let you know because uh, the invites are all over. You know, and uh, it's just a matter of putting together some serious money to be able to. That's the only reason I haven't traveled. The money's got to go in the business, but we're expecting this year to change and. You know, I'll contact you because I told Martin, too, I mean, the first thing I've got to do, I've got to go to Husafel. I have to get that monkey off my back once and for all. And I really would like to go to Latra because I think that's where I started the tear of my bicep. So, but as things go on, we'll see what happens. Is there anything else, Mark? 
No, I think that's it. Okay. Thank, thanks for having me again. And uh, Always, always, let's, always. Let's do it again, yeah. We will. Very inspiring all the time. Uh, this is Motivation Muscle, streaming radio 24-7. Go out to FiorellaBarbellCo.com. Don't forget, Winners and Champions, Inc. We're going to soon have Etched in Stone for Men Up. Um, that program is wild. That's another one I'm doing with Dr. Wong. I just got to go out and film but I can't put the film on there because I'm not going to give that away with the product. So that will be something if you want it. Obviously, I will send the film to you. Um, one thing I didn't mention, and we've already, I want to thank Don G. Fardino and uh, Frank DeMeo. We've started now um, subscription or, or basically advertising rates, and they're the first ones to jump on. Now, if you want to come on with us one month, that would be four shows in the beginning or the end of the show. You get to pick what you want. You would have to give me what you want me to read. Um, that would be one mention. That's $250. Obviously, one more, one month at four shows again, but I would read whatever you want in the beginning and the end. That is $400. So if you want to jump on here and start advertising with us, we will help you out as much as we can because obviously we are becoming media like crazy. And I'm waiting. I'll know Monday uh, for a confirmation. If you love the law of intention and you want to hear one of the biggest speakers in the world, you'll know his name when I say it. We will know Monday um, if this is going to happen for sure, which I'm sure it's going to. This gentleman will be on February 19th, so I'll let you know next week when I hear. This could be the wall breaker for Eminem, believe me. We will see. Also, too, um, if there's a show you like Mark and I to do, um, go out to Fiorello Barbell, NICAP.RR.com. Don't forget about prosperity consciousness. Also, go out and sign up for our free newsletter on motivation and muscle. Um, that connects right to the MailChimp account, so you'll be on the list. And don't forget about our YouTube channel, Fiorella Barbell Company, Real Men, Real Strength, Real Power. Um, also, too, we're on iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a five-star review. We appreciate that. If you want to get Eminem in your car, it's on AHA Directory. That's AHA. Um, if someone seeks you out in the gym or the concrete jungle, never be afraid to say hello to them or give them five words to inspire. It could change their life forever. As my mom said when we were kids, never be afraid to say hello to someone or give them a smile. That might be all they get that day. If you're going to lift it, bend it, break it, twist it, pull it, press it, squat it. If you're going to lift stones, turn them into dust. And it's a great Hoose of Steel Stone Crusher says in Blood Red Domination. We clear-cut the path. We don't follow anyone's dominate, obliterate, and dent everything in your path. No one will ever clip our balls. And as Russell Fur says, when I hear your shows, I swear there's testosterone dripping out of my speakers. I'll say this and I'll say it again. I'll repeat Martin and everybody else. The only show they listen to and the best show out there, I concur totally. And when you see all the new stuff we're doing and the new people we're bringing in, you're going to see a Big high-level change here. Plus, I've talked about we're waiting on people. We want to do a live call-in show. If I can do it some way, whether I get in with a network or I start my own network, which I am doing, if we can go live, we're going to go live with this show, too, this year. So there's some big things on the docket. Also, too, Frank Klein, my greatest college professor in business, repetition, repetition, repetition. Winners never quit, quitters never win. My dad be a leader, not a follower. 
John Ridge would walk everybody to the door. He was the greatest chiropractor ever. Say, keep smiling. Be a steward of strength. Don't stand on the side of the road and watch the world go by. Tell a hundred more of your friends we're coming because we won't knock on your door, kick your door, and we'll blow the roof off your house. Join us for the next 30 years. Be part of our family, part of the revolution. Les Brown, you all have greatness in you. We take it two steps further. We believe in you, and we got your back. How many people would say that? And before I sign off with Mark, men, never apologize for being men. Go out to FiorelloBarboco.com and look at our beautiful Manly Men's page, our movement page. That was constructed uh, by Dr. Wong, myself, and Douglas Graham. You want a place to voice, there's a thread there. You can start something going. You can put video up there. Uh, people have asked me for the last couple of years, are you ever going to do anything like that? I said, yep, we did it. There's no excuses, guys. Get out there and participate and be part of this movement. That's what we are. We don't apologize. Mark, always an honor to have you on another great show. Very inspiring, as always, and I really like talking to you, man. It's a good time. Thanks for being on. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for having me on, Eric. And um, we're going to keep chipping away. Yep. I think we might be going up to the Dinnies in May for a bit of a bit of an experiment. And then we've got the gathering in August. Yep. Hopefully we're going to be ready to uh, to do the walk. I, I, I think it's dynamite. And you know something? Every day I pray and work my ass off to get there because I would love to be there in August with all of you and finally meet all you guys. We'll see yeah, what happens. Well, we'll see what happens, brother. And, you know, hard work and belief and diligence. It will ha- It takes a long time to build a business, but that's what I'm here for. And we've got the best podcast and the best people, family everywhere around. So thanks for being on for sure. Um, so, um, for Mark Haydock, this is Eric Fiorello. We'll have Mark show up most likely Monday, um, and I'll get Mark on here in March, obviously. And uh, all I can tell you is um, life is believe wants you to contribute. You owe that to life, and you owe it to everyone out there to be the best you can be. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connected your brain to your brawn. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.